Hello there, and welcome to another Rational Passions Review Discussion. My name's Quinn Hoffman, and today I'm joined by one Alex O'Neill, and we are going to be discussing the newest drink box game, Nobody Saves the World. Hi, Alex. Who saves the world, Quinn? Nobody. That's who. Nobody. Um, Hi, Quinn. Hi, Alex. How you doing, My first uh, review. You know, I don't count the Metroid one. So, like, let's just call this my first review, even though Moises, I, I count Moises, but my yeah. first review-ish thing in, like, over a calendar year. Feels good. Good to be uh, since, since Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Yeah, I guess that would be, that was 2020 as well. Think about that. Yeah. Let that settle yeah. in. Yeah, that was a long time ago, my guy. Yeah. But this is, it's 2022, it's our second review discussion of 2022, I guess, depending on when the other one goes out. Yeah, I think these are both coming out uh, the week of the 27th. Yes. Um, next week. Not this week. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> before we dive into the discussion, yeah. um, uh, Nobody Save- Saves the World is published by Drinkbox. We are close friends with the PR firm who sent us codes, sent yes. you a code. George um, Cruz, previous member sure. of Irrational Passions. Mm-hmm. You can hear him and... in this feed somewhere. <laughs> Yes, you can. Um, so take you can take everything we say with a grain of salt. Uh, so I'm a professional. You can trust me. He says in air quotes. Eh, eh. Um, it's a good thing there's no video component to this. Um, <laughs> um, what do you want to know, Quinn, about nobody saves the world? Just give me the straight up elevator pitch, and we can dive in from there. It's funny. I went into this like I do every indie game now, assuming that it was a roguelike, and it is not. A roguelike in any way, shape, or form. I guess it has like maybe one element of roguelike. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's a top-down action RPG. I would I would I will try and veer away from comparisons as I've been. It's my new mantra in oh, reviewing yeah. games is trying not to lean so heavily on comparisons. It's a bad habit of mine. Uh, but for this elevator pitch, I'd say it is like a slightly sillier Diablo. Um, specifically, okay. I would put it in like the Diablo three camp because a big part of that game is kind of equipping different abilities to different, uh, at least on console, different uh, buttons, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of like mixing and matching all the ones across all your different skill sets. Uh, kind of by the end of that, nobody saves the world. Very much takes its cues from that. Uh, only uh, you're kind of you're switching. You could call it classes, I guess, but you're switching bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and each like character that you can switch between with your magic wand uh, has their own passive and active abilities, um, and you just kind of need all those different variety to get through the challenges. While it's all kind of wrapped up in a in a kind of goofy, lighthearted story, uh, that is it's fun. It's it's a very fun uh, jolly jaunt. It's it doesn't at any point take itself too seriously. I would say, and that is all for the better. Yeah. Um... So, jumping into, so by, so it's top down, obviously, um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned how there is the the inner swappable, interchangeable abilities. Yeah. Um. How does that factor in into like variability and multiplicity? Is it is the does he give you a nice ex- like exponential agency over what abilities you want to use for each character? move sets etc or is it kind of oh you can choose this kind of attack and this kind of attack for this set of characters 
like this class or is it just like you can just go buck fucking wild (laughs) it's pretty buck fucking wild i would say i would put it more in that like you can at at, at some point uh get wild but the way it introduces these things i i think is like really well paced like mechanically Mm -hmm. really well paced um and and the way you progress is very like old school or traditional which i actually really liked i think it, it makes this game which has like an old school vibe to it feel new and fresh and modern because we haven't really seen something like this so yeah. you start off as nobody which is like kind of like a white husk looking dude who can't really mm-hmm. do anything and you get a magic wand that lets you transform and the first thing you can transform into is a rat which i think is very funny uh, yeah because you often hunt many rats in rpgs yeah um and the rat is kind of how they introduce the mechanics to you so you have your bottom button on your controller is your signature move right and only okay. the character that you are playing can do that move so the rat it's like a, a biting attack so you can hold the button and just keep chomping uh okay. which is really fun uh and sometimes they'll have effects like poisoning foes or um slowing down foes stuff like that um and then the character also has a passive uh, which for the rat is like when you pick up health items, you also get mana back to use your special moves. Um, okay. So each character has a kind of set in stone uh, signature move or their basic attack, and then their their passive. So then after you play with the rat a little bit, the way you level up is by getting completing quests as that character, and it's mm-hmm. al- it's almost always tied to doing. Or defeating enemies with the move set that is kind of native to that character. So as you level up, so you'll get like three quests right out the gate, and one will be like yeah. kill ten enemies with your basic attack, um, and then poison ten enemies because that's what the rat's like basic attack can do, and then mm-hmm. get mana back from uh, your your passive ability uh, to a certain amount. And as you, so everything that is progressed per character is through these kind of really simple quests, and you get more and more. Uh, waves of these quests as you um, as you like unlock new abilities and stuff so like you do those first three quests and then the the rat goes from rank F to rank uh, E or D or whatever yeah. um, and now at rank D you unlock your special move which would be like the left face button uh, for, the, oh, okay. for the rat that's a chomp attack that if you kill an enemy with it you get health back um, and it does like more damage to enemies that are poisoned, so it kind of complements mm-hmm. the rat's skill set. Eventually, after you get, let's say, you get your rat, your rat to rank C by doing the the quest kind of specific to the rat, you unlock the next uh, transformation, the next class, uh, okay. which is like a ranger, which is like a a girl with a bow and arrow. Uh, and then you can switch to the girl with a bow and arrow. She now has her own. Uh, signature move, which is like shoot mm-hmm. an arrow, but you can now ch- you can charge that arrow so it shoots further and goes through enemies. Uh, and she has her own passive, uh, which uh, poisons enemies over time. Um, okay. As opposed to the rat, which has like just it's one attack can poison enemies. Now every attack mm-hmm. that you do is this other character poison enemies. You do quests for that for her, like kill ten enemies with a charge shot. Kill. Uh, whatever enemy, and then she gets her her special her first special move, which is like consume mana, but unleash an infinite volley of arrows until you run out. Okay. Um, then and and the way it like ups the ante after that is 
okay, now you can take a passive from another character and put it on this character. It's like, okay, now with the oh, ranger, okay. I can have the rat's passive, so I get mana back when I pick up food, and mm -hmm. I also poison enemies. So I have two passives, uh, which is great. And then eventually it stacks on top of that where, okay, now I can take the special abilities, not the signature, not the basic attacks, but the special mm -hmm. moves from any other class and put it onto this class in any of the, the, the special move slots to the left, up, or right face button. Um, so, like, I could do the chomp special move from the rat as the ranger and get health back while also poisoning and doing stuff. Uh, and eventually, once you unlock more classes, like, I, it's hard to... There's probably, like, ten, I would say. It's not, like, a crazy okay. amount. It's, it's a reasonable amount. But then you gotta think there's, like, 15 quests with each individual class. Yeah. Um, and you can only rank them up so much at first. Uh, mm. Now I can like have the rat shooting arrows uh, while also having the passive that makes the rat take 75% less damage from another character and okay. then a stomp from like the knight so that way if anybody crowds around me I can stomp and push them away. Um, so so it, it very gradually introduces these systems and they're pretty simple, right? It's like, okay, just mm. copy and paste a passive that you think might be useful uh, from one character to this other one, and boom, there you go. And then it's like, okay, now take the active abilities and, and kind of copy and paste them over, and boom, there you go. Um, until at the end, then it's you're in that buck-fucking-wild territory where it's like, okay, this character um, has a higher crit chance against enemies with status effects, so I'm going to give mm -hmm. them just three different passives that cause three different status effects. So, oh, okay. So it's like, all right, throw on the poison passive, throw on this stun passive, and then throw on this, like, um, like slow passive. And then mm -hmm. I'm slowing, poisoning, and stunning, and then my, my one passive is I do critical damage to anyone with any of these effects uh, and stuff like that, uh, where, where you can see, like, you can really easily min-max. But it's not, like, complicated min-maxing where you have to, like... Yeah dump all your stats into attack, it's like, okay, like, these passives are just so general that they can clearly complement each other really well, which I really mm -hmm. like. I think, like, the simplicity of the systems and how they can kind of feel complicated like that, like, you can feel like you can make a really cool, complicated build out of just, like, four slots, I think is, is the magic uh, of the game. Yeah. So it's So it sounds like the core mechanics are just so interwoven with each other and flow so well that it creates a really dynamic experience. Yeah, and and this is, like, not even... Like, you can switch forms anytime, mm -hmm. right? So okay. there are, like... Usually when you go to the dungeons and the dungeons are, like, kind of the big checkpoints of the game, that's usually, mm -hmm. a, like... There are the special dungeons, which you need to beat to progress the story... Uh, and those will, like, lock it so you can't progress your form quests, is what they call it, so for each form. Okay. Um, which is a little bit of a bummer, because those are, are yeah. going to be kind of the, the test your might moments. But then you can go to all these other, like, sub-dungeons, uh, mm -hmm. and that's where you can just go in and do the dungeon over and over again. Like, you can, after you beat it the first time, you won't get as much loot at the end. Like, just yeah. treasure to, to buy stuff at the shop. Um, but you can do them over and over again to finish and grind out those quests uh, for each character, and some dungeons are kind of more suited to some characters than others. But that's like a great place to kind of test your might and figure out what you want, and then get your build ready for the big dungeons, and then 
generally you can switch forms anytime. So let's say I had like a necromancer that I had set up that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good for like enemies with, uh, we'll get into the wards later, but enemies like resistant to darkness or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then there's in the second floor of this dungeon, there's a bunch of enemies resistant to light. So let me switch to the monk and the monks kind of got more suited for that. And I've customized both of them. So they're like absolutely broken and stuff. And so you can switch between forms anytime, uh, you can customize your forms anytime. There's a lot of options that, that feel good to experiment with. Uh, honestly, like, I, I will not make a comparison, actually. I was going to make another yeah. comparison, but again, I'm trying trying to be better about that. It's it's just, it, it feels really free-flowing and fun to experiment. Um, and okay. it's, it's very generous with letting you experiment. Like, you can kind of pause the game anytime if you want to switch out your passives and your active abilities. Okay. Um, and you mentioned how, like, your actives will occasionally, like, your signature move will refill your mana to yes. allow you to do other signature moves or something similar. Your, so that's... Your basic yeah, attack ahead. always gives you, like, mana back on hit. Um, and there are uh, passives that can help, like, increase that that mana back and there are other passives that give you mana back from doing other things like the rat he has the scavenger mm-hmm. one that lets you get mana back when you pick up health items um, which are dropping pretty constantly uh, so yeah there, there's definitely like a lot of things you can do to be getting your mana back so you can do your, your kind of stronger uh, set abilities okay yeah I think that adds into the interwovenness because you have to rely on this core ability this core move and then you can experiment with your three other abilities, your three other actives, rather. Yeah, it, it, um, it'll it help draw you to, like, cla- like once you start unlocking a bunch of stuff, uh, I found it helped draw me to, like, the classes that I liked to play the most. Like, some mm-hmm. of the later ones that are a little bit more complicated have, like, combos that you can do with the, the signature oh, okay. move. Like, the rogue, you can tap the... You can throw a dagger is his, his like, signature but if you do it like tap, 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 he'll throw one, then three, then five daggers, um, and you can charge that move so that the daggers will go farther and go through enemies, kind of like the the ranger. So you can Mm -hmm. do tap, tap, throw one, then three, and then charge on the third tap, and then charge up and throw five charge daggers, right? Stuff like that. It's like, oh, that's really fun. That's a little bit more involved. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, So I like playing that character more. Um, or like the monk, where you can tap, 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 and he does like a like a com- combo attack. Uh, does the, he use his palms and stuff? And he does use like... his palms. Okay. Uh, yeah. The third attack in the monk's combo is always a critical hit. That's kind of like his okay. thing. Um, and he can also charge his attack to do like an AOE that gets enemies off of him. So. Okay. Um, quick question before we dive into the the world and story of this game, Alex. Is there a little Mac kind of character? Is there a boxer in this game? No, I would say the monk is kind of that because he punches okay. dudes. But I like, I think the odds against you character is like the rat, um, and, okay. and the rat just like rips through dudes, <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> okay. rips. So, so I think if you're looking for that underdog character, you have it. It's not a boxer though. Okay, that's a shame. Um, but alas, so you mentioned previously that the game itself and the story is presented as very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. So the the gist of it is, you start off as like this nobody. Nobody knows who you are. 
Um, and you find out that this, the greatest wizard that ever lived, Nostromagus, um, disappeared overnight. And he disappeared right when this calamity is coming back. And the calamity has like, happened before, and it turns everybody into fungus and destroys the world. Okay. Um, and so people are like panicking, like, oh no, the calamity's here, trying to take over the world, and our, the guy who stopped it before has disappeared. Um, so you kind of step into his shoes. Uh, and the mm. person that delivers this exposition to you is the, the wizard's apprentice, um, who his name is Randy. <laughs> and, oh, okay. And everybody hates him, and he's like a total dick. Uh, and, you know, like, I'd say the game has like a little bit of internet-y-ish vibe. And, like, without comparing it to anything, you know, it's a little bit more modern tone. Like, the yeah. that's, I could say, might turn some people off. Uh, I thought it was fine. Like, they, they didn't go too hard into the paint with it, so so I was mm-hmm. okay with it. But, like, Randy, when you meet him, he's like, well, I guess since Magicus is gone, I must be the Prime Wizard. And then he looks at you yeah. and he's like, who are you? Get me a coffee. And then he tells you, like, his extremely specific coffee order. And then you can tell him, like, no, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, but that's kind of, like, the gist of the humor. So Randy isn't going to help anyone, so you kind of start going around trying to help people, even though you're just nobody. Uh, and you meet some people along the way. They, like, there's there's an overworld, right? Like, it kind of Zelda-y-ish mm-hmm. overworld um, where where you go to, like, these different regions and, like, that, that kind of represents the different acts of the game. Like, okay, I'm in the center area for the beginning part, and then it, you can either go to the left area or the right area in whatever order you want, and that's the middle part, and then the, the top left, top right, and bottom left, bottom right areas are the end of the game. Um which is is pretty standard fare for like top down adventure stuff, but you meet characters along the way. You know, there, I appreciated how many characters there were. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that there's like thirty of them. There's only maybe like ten, but like there is a guild in each region that has like a series of side quests that you can do to also get experience, uh, and like regular quests that are not your form quests. Um, they just get you experience that levels up your general level, which buffs your stats. Okay. Um, and and there is like weirdly old school level gating to things, uh, which is yeah. like probably the only thing. There's, there's like two gripes I have with the game, uh, and that's one of them. Like at, at some point, once you, you things start opening up, you can kind of start going to new areas. But then you go to an area and you're level twelve, and it's like, oh, everything here is level twenty nine, so I just can't mm. be here. I'll die right away. Um, which is definitely like an old school way of doing it. Um, I feel like most open world games kind of get away from that, uh, but most of them are not kind of uh, stat-based RPGs. But each area has like a guild, and then there's like a series of guild quests that you do with the guild leader and some of the other guild members uh, that give you a little bit more of that flavorful text and and fun dialogue, and, and that's where more of like the story interjects itself. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's... it's oft, I often prefer it when games don't take themselves seriously. Sure. Um, so this sounds kind of refreshing in some, in some capacity. Yeah. Because it's just like, hey, go have fun. Instead yeah. of uh, being like, like prestige TV or something. Yeah. Um, it's not trying to be prestige TV, that's for sure. Thank God. Um, but no, so it's... 
it's and it's i just want to touch on the aspect of that you play a character called nobody mm-hmm. and how cool that idea in and in of itself is because a lot of media tends to say hey this guy's the chosen one he's like they're the person who's gonna save us from it all like a link or a um or other like like luke skywalker and fucking star wars sure, yeah other stuff like that so i think it's cool that the main focus is a guy who's just like joe joe blow a guy who has amnesia and is gonna save the world you know what i mean yeah. i think that's kind of cool it's fun. I'd say that they do like go somewhere with it. You know, it's not just like a gimmick as well, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I don't want to ruin anything because I was, I was surprisingly into like the kind of twists and reveals that they do throughout the story. Again, it's not like serious, but it's fun to be along for the adventure. Um, and even if they, it, it is ultimately going to be downplayed as a joke. Like when they get there, it is still cool. It, it still feels like a kind of fantasy adventure. And it doesn't ever, like, dunk on itself so much that it doesn't become, like, a fun video game adventure. Uh, yeah. Which I like. They, they they walk the line well, I think. I think some people are going to hear, like, the internet-y humor stuff and be like, ah, I'm not into this. But even said, even with that being said, like, you can skip all the dialogue and the beef, the meat and potatoes of this game is still going to be, like, the mechanics and the gameplay and all that stuff is, is very fun. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that is Drinkbox's like strong suit is making a very fun, mechanically interesting game or project rather, mm-hmm. and then having a story just be like kind of not like slapped on there, but like slipped in, slipped in. You know what I mean? More subtle. Just, yeah, it's not like so. the the thing that's in your face all the time, which I appreciate. I was as someone who is not super into the Guacamole games. Contrary to popular belief, you would think that those games would be very much for me. Um, I played the first one, and I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed my time with it, but I, I just didn't want to come back for the second. Um, this was, like, way more up my alley, and mm-hmm. you can, de- like, it... You can get the drink box flair just kind of in the art style and stuff, and maybe the humor, but it is, like, a whole different flavor than Guacamelee, yeah. which I appreciate. It feels super different. As far as I know, there's no, like, interconnected world, uh, which is nice because everything is an interconnected world. Everything is multiverse now, uh, and it doesn't have to be. Thanks, Dave Lang. Yeah, it's Dave Lang's fault. Um, uh, and, and I yeah, I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. No, and it's it's interesting that you note, like, Guacamelee, because it's been, like, three years since Drink, Drinkbox made a game. Um, so it, this has, like, been in the oven for a while, and it's cool to see that what they came up with in three years is something totally different, but still retains the same drink box flair and tight mechanics. Yeah. Um, it's really polished too. I, I'd say like, I, I didn't really have any issues with it and uh, it's not a short game, <laughs> especially if you want to do everything, uh, which I was it, not complaining. It, it is, mm-hmm. it is jam packed full of stuff. I think it can get repetitive uh, for sure. And I think, that is kind of the nature of the game, it, it being a, a grindy action RPG mm-hmm. where, like, you know, I found myself, just because I wanted to, like, I want to max level these characters because the other kind of part of leveling up is is you can upgrade your, uh, each ability, the passives and the active abilities with upgrade points. Um, okay. And 
they'll sometimes get new features. Usually not. It's just like they'll get better as you upgrade them. So it's like, I want to upgrade all this character's abilities. I want to get this character rank S, like the, the highest rank, which you can do mm-hmm. by doing all the quests for that character. Okay. Um, and I want to finish out all the quests for this, or I just want to, like, oh, I love the Necromancer. I want to upgrade all of his abilities, so I want to finish all of his quests so I can. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, okay. But it is... It's a grind, you know. If you if yep. you want to lean into that stuff, you're you're going to be doing dungeons over and over again. But it is real nice when you like get a configuration where you like pop three quests like in, in like seven seconds because you just did mm-hmm. them all super efficiently, uh, and that that feels good. Okay. Um. So, thinking, I'm thinking. So the art style for the game. Mm-hmm. is similar into obviously not similar to guacamole but it's still it's still bright and colorful right it's still yeah like it's things are gonna pop out think the world seems lively because of how the world it's colored and depicted right yeah i'd say the the color palette is a little bit more tonally dreary just because of the okay. nature of the apocalypse but it it definitely has a lot going for it uh, and a lot of the abilities and stuff that you do are very flashy and and fun. I'd say, like, to, to circle back to the, the two gripes that I have with it. One is mm-hmm. the level gating stuff, which is just, like, it's a bummer when you, like, unlock a new area and it's like, oh, I just got to go do other bullshit before I can come here. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a reason for that. You kinda, you'll come back to that. And the other is right around the middle of the game, I think it hits a little bit of a pacing issue where your form quests are locked until you do the the next kind of two major dungeons. Uh, and so even if you have stuff left to do before you're high enough level to get there or mm-hmm. before whatever, you're just, like, not progressing in any of your forms. Yeah. Um, so I, I quickly, like, stopped doing side quest stuff and then just, like, went and did the main dungeons the way I can do those side quest stuff while I'm still progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still plenty left to do after that point, but it, it just kind of, like, it feels like you're stopping before you're getting to some of the good stuff because, like, the four kind of complicated, fun classes uh, that mm-hmm. are, like, saved for the back half of the game, you just can't unlock because you can't upgrade the other classes enough to get them, which, okay. is, which is fine, but I think they should have, like, let you still level up those classes and then just unlock them once you get to that certain point in the story. Um, instead, it, it just kind of feels like at some point you run out of things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you should progress the story before you do anything else. Otherwise, like, you're just going to be grinding a whole bunch again. Yeah. Um, but no, that is Nobody Saves the World. It sounds like a fun, delightful reprieve Yeah, like the apocalypse. Coming from the the angle of, like, you know, it's on Game Pass, so, like, why not try it? Like, I'm trying to sell this to you as, like, this game is worth your time, I think. Mm-hmm. If you are into this type of thing, if you're into action RPGs, if you're into grindy games, I'll say this, you know, I, I, I imagine, like, most developers never want to hear this, but it, this is a phenomenal podcast game. Um, yeah. It is, like, you can go, if you wanted to, like, grind out form quests you can just go into the same dungeon over and over again throw on a podcast and like spend like 30 minutes to an mm-hmm. hour just leveling everything up and i think that's great um it does it's not like super chatty yeah <laughs> which i'm just so grateful for like 
I know, like, there are great ways to subtly tell story over gameplay, but, like, there are so many just chatty video games right now, and this is not mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, and I appreciate that. And I'd say the soundtrack is pretty good. Okay. Um, it doesn't have, like, a whole list of club bangers or anything, but some of the the overworld music is funky, and I mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Yeah, I, this the way you describe it, like it being a podcast game is how I would now start calling games record games. Of like, yeah, I'm gonna play one side of a record, and when it's that's like both sides are done, I'm done playing a game. Right, grandpa. Um, hey, man. Sometimes do you, you want a fucking smoking jacket with that pipe of yours? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Um, but no, that that sounds like a great. I I will probably play this game. Um, yeah, give it a shot at the very least. Like even if you don't get through it, because it's about. Mm-hmm took me like 24 hours to get through it Damn, um, really and they and they said like 20 hours is is about the okay. estimated time so i was i was right around that because i did some extra grinding and stuff okay um and i didn't 100 percent everything but i did 100 percent most things uh, okay it's, it's not difficult to do that though I, I would say like i was not averse to it um mm-hmm. which i'm very grateful for uh but yeah it's uh it is a fun jaunt and it, like especially if you're looking for something that tied you over to one of those big february games like i think this mm-hmm. is a, a great pickup alex don't you mean the only big february game the witch queen there are many good february games happening <laughs> oh, i okay. i am not so ignorant to only believe destiny exists uh, destiny Although, is the only um me and mike are firm in the firm in our camps hey um i love destiny too you know this oh i know i know i'm just joshing you but <clears throat> this has been the Irrational Passions Review discussion for Nobody Saves the World. Um, I've been your host, Quinn Hoffman, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at quantum underscore arbiter. And I was joined by Alex O'Neill, a re- uh, founder slash uh, editor-in-chief of Irrational Passions. You can find him on Twitter at allfighter27. Please subscribe to the Irrational Passions Presents feed. More things will be populating at this year, fingers crossed. And for everything Irrational Passions, keep it locked to at IrrationalPod on Twitter. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.